You are listening to the Wickenburg Pulpit, the preaching ministry of First Southern Baptist Church of Wickenburg, Arizona, where we seek to be faithful to Scripture and relevant to life. Amen. You may be seated. Before we share a moment in the Scriptures, our, our members know this, but if you're visiting with us, you may not be aware uh, but during the month of December, we take up what we call the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Now, Lottie Moon was a, a missionary uh, overseas, foreign missionary, and so it was just named in her honor. Uh, but we collect that because 100% of the proceeds, the, the, the money that is raised through that offering, through all the Southern Baptist churches across America, 100% of that goes to foreign missionaries spreading the gospel to the nations. And I think it's fitting because as Christ has come, he's come as a light to the nations, as we'll hear in a moment. And so uh, it's a chance for our members to give uh, one, one last time to that Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And if you're visiting with us and you'd like to contribute to that as, as a gift to the Lord, we're, we're happy to receive that. We'll have offering plates outside on our welcome table um, that you can give as you leave uh, this evening. So just know that's available. And I'd like to just say a special prayer for that offering and for our missionaries. So uh, let me pray before we dive in. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for the Christmas season. We thank you for what it means to us as believers. Lord, the lights are fun, the treats are delicious, but Lord, what is more sweeter than any of that is that our Savior has come, that we have salvation from sin. And Lord, as we think about the offering that we've been collecting this month, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we collect that, Lord, because... There are places where Christmas doesn't exist. It's because there are places where Jesus has not been proclaimed. There are places that are lost without hope because the gospel is not penetrated there. And Lord, the money that we raise helps to fund the work of missions around the world. We thank you that you've allowed us to be a part of that, and Lord, I pray your blessing on this offering. I, I pray your blessing upon the missionaries overseas, many who are, have given their lives to be away from family on Christmas, and they're serving in very hard places. So we lift them up to you, and I pray that this offering that we give this month of December would be a blessing to them and would be used so that many can come to know Christ and celebrate the birth of the Savior. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Was the night before Christmas a prophetic decree? In Isaiah's verses, a tale of mystery. The promise of a Savior in words so profound, fulfilled in a stable on Bethlehem's ground. Isaiah foretold, a virgin shall conceive, a sign of Emmanuel, hearts to relieve. The child to be born, a son to be given, bringing light to the darkness, a pathway to heaven. A shoot from Jesse in David's grand line, a king to reign in majesty to shine. The spirit upon him, wisdom and might, in righteousness, justice, a beacon of light. Isaiah's words echoed like a voice in the night. Prepare the way, cried the one, clothed in white. A voice in the desert, a path straight and clear, for the Savior was coming, the Messiah was near. The eyes of the blind, the ears of the deaf, would open to wonders beyond human breath. The lame would leap, the mute start to sing, and Jesus, the fulfillment of a prophet's spring. A suffering servant 
acquainted with grief, bearing our sorrows, granting sweet relief. Wounded for transgressions, bruised for our sin, Isaiah's vision in Christ did begin. Twas the night before Christmas, the prophecy complete. As shepherds and angels, the good news did greet. In a humble manger, a child softly laid, the Messiah, the Savior, in whom all debts were paid. The Advent season is a time of waiting, and we've been focusing on this theme of waiting, waiting for the rival who would come. Adam waited for the seed of the woman to crush the head of the serpent. Abraham anticipated the seed from his offering, offspring who would be a blessing to the nations. Judah longed for the one who would rule from his line and hold the scepter of Judah. David waited for the one who would reign on his throne forever. And Isaiah longed for the virgin-born son whose government would rest on his shoulders, on whom the spirit would descend and ultimately who would be pierced for us as we have been studying on Sunday mornings. We know all too well all about waiting. Waiting fills our existence. Sometimes waiting doesn't fill us with happy thoughts like waiting in traffic. And kids are waiting for tomorrow morning, something we've longed for all year. As we celebrate Christmas, it's filled with waiting and longing. Isaiah waited for 700 years before the birth and the arrival of that virgin-born son. The waiting is over. The one who was promised has been born. The seed of the woman who would one day crush the head of the serpent has arrived. The seed of Abraham through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He has been born. The one who holds the scepter from the tribe of Judah is now wrapped in swaddling clothes. The stem of Jesse, the branch of David who would rule and reign on the throne of David, he is now here. All the prophecies of Isaiah And the rest of the Old Testament scriptures are fulfilled in that moment when Mary's baby was born. And as we have looked upon these prophecies of Christ, his coming and work, 700 years before his first advent, we now come to Luke 2 and see his arrival. If you will turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. It says, now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out on their flocks in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem, then and see this thing that happened, which the Lord had made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. 
When they had seen this, they made known to the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Amen. Christ has come. Joseph and Mary gave birth to their firstborn son. What I want us to look at briefly today is this announcement to the shepherds there in Luke chapter 2. The shepherds were in their fields watching their flocks by night, just as they would any other night. And an angel of the Lord appears before them. And they're frightened. They're terribly frightened because typically an angel would bring judgment. But here he does not bring judgment. In fact, this angel is here to announce good news. What we see here in their announcement is that this good news would bring great joy. This good news would bring great joy. And this good news would be for all the people. Well, what is this good news? The first thing that we see is that this good news is that a king has been born. I want you to notice all the references to to the city of David. Even there in Luke chapter 2 that Joseph went to the city of David, to Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. Down in verse 11, today in the city of David... There has been born for you this child. This is precisely the one who David had been waiting for. This is precisely what's drawn out in Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus, that that this Christ, this Jesus, is the fulfillment of God's covenant with Abraham and with David. In 2 Samuel 7, 12, it says, When your days are complete, this is the Lord saying this to David, When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you. And I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Jeremiah points to this in Jeremiah 23, 5, when he says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord. I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. Jesus has come. The king has been born. This is what troubled Herod when the Magi saw the star and said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? In our world, we see all kinds of brokenness, all kinds of sin, all kinds of evil. And it all stems back to that first sin of Adam and Eve, deceived by the serpent. But this announcement that a king has been born is that this king would conquer the evil that we see. This king would conquer sin through his death on the cross. This king has been born. He is a conquering king. But as king, this king demands all of our allegiance. He demands all of our life and he demands that we submit to him. The good news is that this king has been born. We must align our lives to his will. We must align our lives to him. Submit to Christ as king. The good news also is that a savior has been born. 
This is what it says here in the text, that today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. This is precisely why Jesus came. It says the angel told Joseph to name, his Je- to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Jesus as Savior reveals to us our fundamental problem, which is sin. Jesus didn't come primarily to improve our self-esteem. He didn't come to bless us financially. He didn't come even to heal us of sickness. He came to save us from sin. It also reveals to us that we need saving. We don't need self-improvement or a little boost. We need a divine rescue. Like Peter on the water when he cried out, Lord, save me. This is our greatest need. And not just to be saved from drowning or physical death, but we need to be saved from being separated from God for eternity. The Savior has been born. What good news that God promises of salvation, that it has been fulfilled. The Savior is here. The good news has been announced. The good news also is that God has entered into our brokenness. The Savior King, he is Christ the Lord. Christ means Messiah or anointed one. And this is a reference that this one who is born is the promised Messiah who was God, our Emmanuel, God in the flesh. This is the one who was the mighty God in Isaiah chapter 9. God has entered our world through his only begotten son, Jesus. The good news is that we don't have a God simply up there with no concern for us down here arbitrarily making decisions. We, we have a God who has stepped down into humanity as, as, as such. And it, Hebrews tells us that we have a high priest, Jesus, who in his taking on flesh can sympathize with our weakness. This Jesus is God. He is without sin. But he has experienced the limitations of humanity, hunger, sleeplessness, thirst, And the writer of Hebrews says that because of all this, we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may have mercy and help in the time of need. This Christmas, you can draw near to God in prayer because God first drew, draw, ah, I can't talk right now, because God first drew near to us in taking on flesh and entering into our world he created, this world broken by sin. We see here this good news that has been announced that a king has been born, a savior has been born. One thing we see here is that this good news of Jesus, the savior king, it is announced to ordinary people. These shepherds were just ordinary, average, working class people. And Jesus came for ordinary people like you and me. Jesus comes, and the gospel is announced when they're working. The gospel comes to ordinary people doing ordinary things. We see in scripture all kinds of people that Jesus came for. All kinds of people that Jesus gave redemption to. In fact, Jesus often comes to the outcast and the weak. Even the fact that Jesus was born in in Bethlehem. He was was born in Israel of the smallest nations at the time that God chose Israel. Bethlehem was the smallest of the clans of Judah. And the Messiah comes from the smallest tribe of Israel and born in the smallest town. And Paul reminds us, and this is true of many of us, 
It says in 1 Corinthians, For consider your calling, brethren. Not many of you were wise according to the flesh. Not many of you noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Are you weak this morning, this evening? Are you weak? Are you beaten and battered by sin? Are you often despised by the world? The good news is that Jesus did not come to build a team of strong, elite people, but he came to save foolish, weak, and ordinary people like you and me. But this good news requires an urgent response. Look at verse 16 in chapter 2. When they had heard this announcement, back in verse, verse 15, they said, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord made known to us. And in verse 16, they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph, the baby, as he lay in a manger. Do you see the urgency in their response to this gospel announcement? Dear friends, the, the gospel requires an urgent response. Come to Jesus. We don't come to the manger, but we come to Christ with no less urgency than the shepherds. And as we come to Christ, we come repenting, turning from sin, and turning to Jesus in worship and praise. The good news requires an urgent response because Christ is king and demands our total allegiance and obedience. The good news requires an urgent response because our eternity hangs in the balance. And lastly, the good news of Jesus, the Savior King, results in joy-filled worship and praise. Think of Christmas time, and most of us probably have the day off tomorrow, right? Have a day off of work, hopefully. But then the next day, we've got to go back to work. Christmas is great. This has been wonderful. We've got to go back to work and do ordinary things. Well, so do the shepherds. The shepherds, they've seen Jesus. They've experienced Jesus. Verse 20 says they went back. Well, why did they go back? Well, because they got a job to do. they got sheep still out in the flock that need to be cared for. But notice they went back different. They went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. At first, the shepherds just heard the good news. They heard it announced. But now they've experienced it. They've seen the Christ child. Their occupation didn't change, but now they were worshipers of the baby in a manger because he is the Savior King who came to save his people from their sin. He came to save these shepherds from their sin. When we hear the gospel and when it takes root in our hearts, our only response is to worship the king. This is what the Magi did when they encountered Christ just a couple of years later. They bowed down in worship. Pagan astrologers and ordinary shepherds became worshipers of the king of kings, the savior of sinners. As we close this message, you too can worship the newborn king. You too, as ordinary as the shepherds of Bethlehem, the gospel announcement has been made to you. 
The message of Christmas is that in the city of David, the Savior has been born. And our response to Christmas is to turn from our sin, turn to Christ, and to trust in Jesus, the promised Messiah. And find salvation from sin and find hope and peace from this broken world in Christ alone. Another aspect to our response to the good news of Christ is that we continue to wait. Advent has been about waiting. Waiting for the first Advent. And we are blessed to be on this side of his first coming. He has been born. He has died. He has rose again. We know the gospel is true. But there is a promise of his second Advent. Jesus is coming again. And 2 Peter 3, many mock at this promise of the second advent. Where is the promise of his coming? It's been thousands of years and he's not here. Peter responds and he says, For the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. And then Peter informs us that the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. I mean, God knows what he's doing and God's right on time. But he's patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know why Jesus hasn't returned yet? Why we're still waiting for that second advent? Because he still has people who need to repent of their sin and believe in Christ. Our response to the good news of Christ is to turn from sin and turn to Jesus and to wait for the second coming. But it is no idle waiting, dear believer, May we be used of God to bring many more people to Christ. As we wait, may we be diligent to share the hope of the gospel with lost sinners and spread the message of Christmas, the good news of great joy for all the people. And in the city of David, a Savior has been born. Will you pray with me?